Welcome to 30 Years of Dough. It's the Super Side Track Tale Relevant Show. Hello out there, podcast arenas. Welcome to another episode of 30 Years of Dough. Oh, you sink the dough on your first try. Slings me and I still can't manage to do that. Well, it's, uh, I'm not that talented at much, but... Uh, you may have noticed a brand new dough if you're a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, and we have the gentleman, Calder Sutton, with us today. What's up, uh, what's up? Calder, um, yeah, just tell the people a little about yourself. Well, I'm a 29-year-old uh, single male. Um, single. I like uh, short-ish walks, usually to a tap room of some sort or to any hot dog establishment. Um, and I like to talk on podcasts. All right, perfect. Cool, man. Awesome. We are uh, we're gonna get to know Calder and and his his depth of influence into the Simpsons universe in a little bit. But I'm just gonna briefly run you down. Uh, we are recording today. This is uh, 30YD season one episode three. Um, coming at you on a fine January twenty first, twenty twenty. Yes. Um, well, cheers. Cheers. We're uh, splashing into. A beverage here that we'll tell you about a little later. Um, so the episode is episode 7G03, uh, Homer's Odyssey, uh, which some of you may know as the Homer gets the si- Captain Safety Homer and the Safety Inspector episode. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll dive into uh, a little bit of a synopsis of the episode and some some things that that don't really jive with the 30 years later lens so in a little bit, but. I want to, um, when we first started doing the show, Matt and I, uh, we uh, had some questions for for potential guests of the show. And as Calder is our first guest of the show proper in, in proper episodes, uh, we're going to bring him in here. And so, like, what, what was your first experience with The Simpsons, Calder? <laughs> um, well... Growing up, we were pretty sheltered into what TV we were and weren't allowed to watch. Um, of course, Simpsons fell into that category of not. Uh, yes. So I remember I was in my parents' basement. I can't remember what year it was. I'm going to go ahead and say it was like 97, 98. It was like pre-Y2K. Like people were still you know, convinced that their washing machines weren't going to just explode. Um, and yeah, I was just flipping through the tube and saw Simpsons. I'm like, no, I'm going to be a badass. I'm going to try to watch this. And it was some like Hallmark episode. It was like... 300 or 200 or something like that and i just remember being like oh okay cool like i'm catching that like awesome what a what, an episode what a to, treat what an episode to tune into and it was i don't know if it was brand new or not but it was on and uh i just remember like holy shit this is absolutely absurd and i love everything about it it's hilarious and at that point it was just like okay i'm hooked i'm gonna sneak around and watch simpsons now so this is like late 90s so you're a little younger than me so you're like 10 ish i would have been eight or nine yeah yeah like it's actually funny this episode is a year and three months older than i am <laughs> and so so yeah this is our, our our first guest who uh is younger than the simpsons proper so. yeah it's uh it's pretty funny to look back at the show and it's a how invested so many people are in it and then think like oh shit like it's this thing's older than i am one it's like yeah like january 21st 1990 i would have been I ha- wouldn't have turned three yet, mm. and I believe Matt and I in the, on the first episode, like I, I don't even really have a ton of childhood memories that go back that far, 
Like, I really remember I liked Hot Wheels, and I was probably whipping them down my parents' staircase. Yeah, that, like, throwing <laughs> toys at that age is definitely a... Uh, and yeah, you would have been, like, well, you wouldn't even have been a twinkle in your dad's eye just yet. Nope, I was uh, still brewing, <laughs> so to speak. I'm really glad my parents are never going to hear this. <laughs> that was gross. Awesome. Um, well, and the other, the other big question we have for you before we dive into the episode is, why do you want to be here? Why, why, what brings you, Calder, into the, the tangled web of, of talking about The Simpsons oh, on the internet <laughs> 30 years after they air? Um, I think it's hilarious. Like, just the concept of it's just, it's really funny to see, you know, how invested some people can be into the show. Like, for me, it was, it was always really enjoyable, and I thoroughly, thoroughly, like, I like watching it, and I like thinking about it, and some things really clicked with me. But now to go back to it, and to think of the relevance of what was happening at the time and why uh, why Matt was writing this show, it was it's kind of cool to kind of link the two and two together. Um, that answer probably doesn't make a ton of sense, but I mean, as a as a Simpsons fan, maybe not as like a I wouldn't say I'd go as far as to say I'm like I, I'm fully invested in it, but as a fan, it's it's fun to talk about it and my perspective on the things that I will click into and things I notice in the show. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the thing that Matt and I have been having a little bit of fun with as we've kicked off proper episodes is really getting into this 30-year lens and, and extending it out. Uh, I'm going to drop this note because it's actually not in the, in the first two episodes of our proper season one. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I started a Spotify list of like popular songs on the, the like top number one song in the U.S. and in the U.K., when these episodes came out and it's mind-blowing to me like there's some songs that i absolutely have kind of like a chronology of and bands that i follow and or artists that i recognize where it's like i can kind of situate that in time and then like the for episode one the the top song in the uk was ice ice baby and i was like i thought that was way older than like the late Late 1989. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. Oh, man. Hilarious. I thought for sure that that was, like, yeah, like a, a mid-80s kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, vanilla. That's an excellent, excellent song. All right. Well, enough about Calder. Let's get to why we're actually here. Yeah, let's talk about the important shit. Um, so, I, I love reading the TV Guide synopsis, so I'm going to just jam that out real quick. Absolutely. Uh, so this is, yeah, 7G03, so uh, scheduled to be the third episode of The Simpsons, and actually was the third episode of The Simpsons, hey, which is, them. that's exciting. Um, Homer's fired from his job as technical supervisor at the Springfield Nuclear Plant. Unable to provide for his family, he contemplates ending it all until he discovers a new path in life as a campaigner for safety. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, and just like I can't believe that the Simpsons like dropped this ridiculous bomb this early into like this is a, a bit of a like a character defining moment for Simpson for Homer anyway as yeah. you kind of get like you kind of really get a scope of how useless he is mm-hmm. in a, in a potentially life threatening situation as as running a nuclear power plant. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it was, because it was, I mean, he's, he rolls up and, well, I mean, let's start it off, like, right from the get-go, like, 
the gross amount of kids on the field trip. Like, that was a disgusting amount of children to cram onto one bus to take to a nuclear power plant. Like, first off, like... <laughs> yeah, Matt and I jammed on that a little bit in the first episode, because they're in the Christmas episode, they're doing the school plays and yeah. stuff, and, like, one of the Simpsons Geek websites was like, there's 28 kids on stage in Bart's class, and I'm like... Who animates that? Like, yeah, that's... They're, they're clearly not making, like, tight logistical animation decisions no. yet. Um, no, that was... Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was absurd. Because, I mean, you think about it. Like, nuclear power plant, you're probably not going to bring all of the kids. Especially not a shithead like Bart Simpson. Like, yeah. uh, Pukey, what's his name? Um, was it Pukey Nelson? Wen- Wendell. Wendell. Pukey w- Wendell. Or Wendell. Like, fucking Wendell, like... You think he needs to go to a power plant? Like, if the bus makes him sick, like, yeah. <laughs> he's going to come back radioactive for yeah. sure. Um, but that was hilarious. Like, just the kids getting onto the bus. And then what, they passed the uh, the tire yard. Tire yard wasn't burning. <laughs> tire yard's not on fire yet. Yeah. Bart auto. comments on Otto's tattoo. Like, he really, really wants to get one. And, again, this is kind of wraps into the the Simpsons being kind of a, a hodgepodge of episodes at the beginning is the Christmas special was initially it intended to air kind of in the middle of the first season and so Bart clearly has already gotten a tattoo and had one removed at this mm-hmm. point uh, yeah. but but not necessarily in the in the storyboard has he got there yet yeah so. exactly well even speaking of Otto like he was pre-acid bender he was not definitely was not cooked i was like yeah he's like he might have had like a wake and bake joint but he he is certainly not at he's not fully toasted no he was definitely (laughs) not the stoniest auto that we know and love like that was actually one that was a big shock to listen to that like that voice is like wait he sounds coherent like you're not actually worried about him driving the bus full of kids like that was hilarious um one of the things I really wanted to jam into, just as, like, not even getting into the 30-year lens, but just um, an admiration for, like, the talent of the voice actors that The Simpsons have, because I think this is, outside of uh, Bart singing Jingle Bell's Batman Smells in mm-hmm. the Christmas episode, this is the first time we actually hear, like, a Bart in character, like, singing in character, Yeah, and it just blows my mind that people can do that yeah i was like i i don't have much of a singing voice in my own voice mm. much less in a voice i've invented for some fair enough yeah and it's pretty respectful to hear that because it's it's really neat and well she's like jamming like she's putting some like some yeah she's, she's going hard accenting some bluesy notes in, yeah. in uh john henry was a steel driving man you could uh you could feel the passion in her voice <laughs> Even more, like, on the bus ride, like, the, the mole people from Life in Hell. Yeah. It, <laughs> just this. Like, there's there's just characters that are basically just taken from, like, a scrapbook of, of Matt Groening's kind of, like, cartoon yeah. works. And it's like, we need characters. Bam! Yeah, here you go. Here's two mole people. Like, they're just going to be on the bus. Like, like their eyes aren't even developed like Simpsons oh. character universe. Like, it's just two dots. Yeah. And... Yeah, that was hilarious. That there's was... some really odd animatics all the way through. Like, there's that that Monkey Man Bart in when we get to the. Uh, oh uh, yeah, the... <laughs> in the, in City Hall when Homer's pitching his. Uh, <laughs> the guy with the weird like dangly legs. Yeah, he's got super skinny like bowed out legs, uh, and he's got the Bart hair but like skinny spikes, yeah. and then ears that are disproportionate to the entire yeah. rest of his design. Like, yeah. Just wild. Yeah, that was hilarious. 
Yeah, so you know, I guess at this point, where are we at? We're, we're getting to the plant. Oh, man. Sm- with the, the, the first appearance of Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish. Yeah, there's... Where a- the water is uh, being uh, treated. Yeah, and, and, and there's the palm tree in the yard, and that was... What a sight um, to see. Smithers I, was... <laughs> I really loved, like, the old-school, like, like instructional video vibe with the... It's got the, like, the... The bleed marks of the film strip in yeah. the animatic, yeah. and with Smile and Joe fishing burying nuclear waste yes. under a carpet. Oh my goodness, hilarious! Like that—that that just takes me back to every elementary school like instructional video. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember when I took my H2S for oil field, like that was <laughs> ten years ago. Like the videos seemed exactly the same. Super cheesy, super tacky, like borderline like. It was just like mind-numbing to watch it. Like that video was like total reminder of that. I'm so glad that the craft beer industry doesn't have like instructional film strips. Oh no! Like, like the last <laughs> time I last time I had for a job, I had to watch an instructional video. Would have been Loblaw, I bet. And the food safety video that Loblaw used, uh, it had fucking Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys talking about hand washing. It was just. Like, I don't know how they got him and why he agreed to it. It was... Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> <Right>? Wild. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I guess in beer, if we had instructional videos, it would be like, how to not be a fucking asshole 101. Like, really? Let's... Like... <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna make an ass of yourself, at least own it. And don't be a dick to people about it. <laughs> We're not calling anyone out individually. Mostly just myself. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Fucking that instructional video was wild. That was hilarious. Um, yeah. So Bart, or Homer gets fired in front of Bart, and we get that like the Simpsons at this moment in time are still doing that emotional act break thing. Yeah. At commercial breaks. Um, so it's very sitcommy. It's oh, like. Homer's got a look of like disdain on his face, and then Bart's like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" And it like there's that fade out, and it's still very, very much uh, like there's no B plot. It's no, it's the single storyline, and it's it's so strange to watch because you have to try to really focus on it, but it forces what? you to focus on the little details but, of things. Like I didn't find anything in that first act like crazy out of scope. With like I could see that entire episode happening in a 2020 context. Like, still kids going to school, still going to see their parents' place of work ostensibly in in a small town or, well, Springfield kind of fluctuates between, like, really small town and, like, just smaller than a capital city. Yeah, so so it's like you're comparing, like, Olds (laughs) to Red Deer. Yeah, but it can can be both. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's very accurate. Um, But... When we get into Act Two and like uh, Homer job hunting in the like the awful blue suit and tie. Oh man, that was terrible. Even Homer with his like stubble, that really that was the stubble when he's unemployed is is super weird because there's episodes in the future where we see him shaving and it's actually like it's just yellow and then stubble. And this animatic is like the typical brown face Homer with stubble superimposed on top of it. Yeah, and it's, it's like, so what's the brown then? It's a little unnerving to, <laughs> to look at it. It's like, um, okay, that's 
<laughs> that's a thing? Okay, yeah, we're going with that. Yeah, the stubble was, was fucking strange. Like, leading up after he's, uh, he's on the job hunt, he's sitting at Moe's, and that's the first crank call. The, the IP freely. Yeah. First crank I, call I know it. in Simpsons history. <laughs> and this is where it kind of falls off the rails in terms, like, looking at it from today's lens is, like, Bart and Moe are both talking on corded touch-tone phones with yeah. buttons. And just the whole, like, the, the scope of Moe's looks kind of like a dingy southwesty kind of tavern. Yeah, like it had the fucking... It's got saloon doors. Yeah, saloon doors. And it had that... Where's that fucking clock? The clock that was plugged into the wall. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Like, I've owned a great deal of clocks, most of which purchased at, like, Dollarama or Walmart. Like, yeah. you don't spend real money on clocks in your 20s and 30s. No, hard no. But, Absolutely not. like, this is... Like, is this... A, before double A batteries, like, yeah. Like <laughs> to put in reference, not like a table side clock, like a clock like hanging a on a clock. fucking wall with arms, like with a that's just plugged into the wall, like absurdities. Like the corded phones, my favorite part though. That was just a that's a, such a good head shake moment. Like oh, well, my and it's like like I re- I remember as a kid when Dad bought like a cordless phone with like the three handsets mm-hmm. and this is probably like either late 90s or early 2000s and i remember my mom sending me and she's like well go unplug the shitty phone in the basement and it was like what we don't <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that's a big moment man i remember that like going to like cordless handset phones at your house was, was like it was a defining moment Especially, like, I I was probably right at that age where I was wanting to talk to friends on the phone yeah. and not be around my folks, necessarily. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you're at that age where you have enough freedom to, like, we didn't quite have MSN Messenger. Maybe we did. Uh, but you're, like, you, know, you want to have your independence. You want to talk shit about your parents to your friends. And yeah. You want to, like, call you your... Wanna, you want to you you call your crush. You want to say curse words you wanna, about your teacher. Yeah, you want to call your crush and then hang up as soon as she answers the phone. Because then he frees up like a fucking Gumby. You want to go... It still happens to the best You want to date a girl in junior high for two days without actually going on a date with her? Yeah, man, because holding hands was a big deal. Like, Oh, I didn't get there. Fuck, man, <laughs> I was a chronic hand holder. <laughs> not to, like, not to brag or anything. That's not, not really a good thing. Humble <laughs> brag! I held a lot of hands. <laughs> if, hey, man. if these hands could talk... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> we're cutting short there. Oh, man. Okay, we're grossly off track. <laughs> so I think at this point, like, after Homer finally takes off and goes home, he's hanging out on the couch. Bart uh, forces him to sign a, a report card that's got U's, F's, and D's on it. Yep. And, like, you're probably... Well, you're just younger than me. Like, I remember our elementary school grading was, like, hyper-progressive. Like, there were... It was, like, it was a number system, and, like, number one was, like, exceeding expectations. Yeah, and then there was and, proficient. And, and like, even the worst one was, like, needs improvement. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> super good, good enough. Like, there were okay. no, even the dumbest kid in your class didn't get an F yeah. in the 90s. Oh, and I got a couple Fs. But, <laughs> like, in elementary, did you get Yeah, it was, no. I think, like, the later years of elementary school, like, four to six, um, 
because yeah, the Catholic school system in Red Deer was different than the public school <sighs> system. Um, and I remember, yeah, it was like grade five, six. I was skateboarding. I was listening to a lot of Good Charlotte. I had blonde hair. Oh man! Fucking dreamboat. Tell this me about it. is like and, this, and you, is a, uh, this is. I, I, and you wonder, Barley Bob is gonna send me one of these photos so I can put it on our Instagram when this airs. Are you surprised why I held so many hands? <laughs> I would be too. Um, but like, yeah, I remember like just kind of like not really giving a shit about school and being like getting abs. I'm like, eh, fuck, whatever. And it's like now you're like, shit. Like you had to try to suck in school back then, and somehow we figured out how to do it. But like, yeah, like the U F and D report card. Like, would the U be like? Un- My guess was like unsatisfactory. Or, yeah, or like yeah, I guess unsatisfactory. That would totally do it. All right. I don't know. I I've dated many teachers in my. In my illustrious romantic career, so really, yeah, you're a very smart person. I can see that. Yeah, don't don't do it. Teachers are the worst. Next up on <laughs> on <laughs> relationship advice with Calder and Chris. <laughs> oh, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> that, that would be a terrible podcast. Well, it would be fun podcast to like reminisce and record. I don't know if there's much value. I think to if the people listener. like if people like sent in their Tinder stories, like I think we do Tinder nightmares with Calder and Chris. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, that, the beer commercial, that awful Duff commercial. And so I, I forced Calder to watch a 1990s Bud commercial. Just we, we YouTubed it. And I was like, they can't have been that bad. And the one we YouTubed was worse than the oh, cartoon. The horses. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, like. <sighs> like the unnecessarily, like, sex driven commercial. Yeah. And, like, glassware with. Flavor words emblazoned like there's a bud glass. It's clean, crisp, cold, and I was I I need that glass. That I is, need it. Yeah, no, that describes most of us in the winter. Is where most of us are clean. You can't we get enough crisp of that and we're wonderful duff. Yeah, and that bottle of duff. Like I don't remember ever seeing duff not in cans. Ever you, watching The Simpsons? The only time I remember bottled duff is well, you see it when they're packaging it. Well, and uh, we do a feature here on our program called Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve. And when Homer drops, like, a, a crisp $5 bill to purchase one at mm-hmm. Moe's, well, because he has Duff and then Doof mm. with the, the two dots he's yeah. put on the bottle. And then, yeah, Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve mm. is also in a bottle. But, yeah, outside of that, it's on tap or in cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, was, that threw me off. And it just looked like they hadn't thought about what the identity of Duff was going to be. No, like, well, and that's like kind of the, the the elasticity of the Simpsons universe is that at this point, uh, well, I mean, there's showrunners and there's writers that are kind of collaborating on episodes that are being kind of plopped into a schedule, and it's like, yeah. I, I honestly don't know if there was like a large overarching strategy for what Springfield was like maybe it existed in Matt Groening's head mm-hmm. but it like it certainly hadn't been communicated down to the team yet yeah yeah I'm with you on that that was hilarious oh and that's right around when Homer decides that he's had enough and he's taken off the uh the oh. first smash piggy oh, bank yeah the first the first smash piggy bank yeah that was <laughs> I like how his regret is like Oh, what did I do? And you're like, oh, he's having that moment of like, oh shit, you know, I smashed my kid's piggy bank, like shit. He's like, oh, I did kill that. Myself. It's like, oh, I did that. 
and I only got a couple of cents, not even enough for a beer. I'm like, I can feel you on that, man. But like, you were going in the right direction, and then as true Homer fashion, you veered so inadvertently into the wrong direction. It was amazing to see that. Like, that was fucking hilarious. Um, I must say, I I got to shout out the dumb things I got to do stationary for yes. the uh, for the suicide note. I am a collector of dumb stationery. Like, I don't know if you've been to, like, chapters or, like, bookstores at Christmas time where they have those, like, stu- stupid lists that yeah. you can buy. For, yeah. Like, I have most of those in my house. They are, that doesn't surprise me too much, but <laughs> I am glad that someone's actually funding that project. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the, the dumb shit I'm supposed to do. And, I have an adulting to-do list. Yeah. Think. And that was... And then right after that, like, he cl- cuts to the clip of Homer. He ties himself to a rock, and he carries the rock to the bridge. And he gets to the bridge, and there's a rock already there. Like, identical size. Like, just at that point, it's like, fuck, man, like, you're just blowing it. Well, yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, yeah, he, well, they're obviously, like, again, we're, we're A-plot, A-plot, A-plot the whole way through The Simpsons, and there's, like, kind of that... They're going for that that big ironic buildup of you idiot. Yeah. And but it's weird that bridge exists in town, but I can't like like in the first season that bridge is over a river that it flows through Springfield Mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And like that bridge seems to conveniently appear when when writers need it. Yeah. But it's like I don't know where that actually is in town at all ever and it's used in the first season a ton um we haven't got there yet but uh yeah that bridge is super dominant that's where lisa meets uh bleeding gums murphy for the first time that's spoiler alert oh hey oh (laughs) Oh, man i actually tying right into this whole this stage of the show um marge <laughs> the kids, the kids wake up Marge because Bart's piggy bank got stolen, and they get downstairs and Dad's not on the couch, and you get this framed picture of Marge with her surprised face. It's like from the clip before. Yeah, it's like they literally just cut out <laughs> her face, pasted it in a frame on the wall, and then her, her hair is in a different picture like, frame. Oh my goodness, that was Ugh. like that was perfect. So we had to watch that like. We watched through that like a couple I, yeah, times. Yeah, I made I made Calder like back it up as we were watching it, and I was like, "Look at this wall art." Yeah, that's hilarious. That was golden. Oh man, I think that's right around when we noticed that Maggie's wearing white PJs. Uh, yeah, when when they go out to well, yeah, she's wearing like the only time I've ever other seen Maggie in white is the baptismal episode with yeah. like the Flanders is is. The Flandies? Flandies? Flandie? Flandie? Yeah, it's like not even like PJs. It's like she's wearing a pillowcase. Um, um, <laughs> and then that's when Homer decides to turn around. Starts to... Yeah. Safety Homer. Safety first. Fuck, that's so weird to think it, of. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't... My entire life I've grown up knowing Homer as like a bumbling idiot. And it's just... Like, You're not wrong. coming back here and coming back to this moment where, I mean, absolutely, they're just, the, the build to the irony is, is tremendous in that um, they mentioned it several times, or it's like, Homer was the cause of all of the safety issues of the plant mm. to begin with. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, yeah, this is pre, uh, pre-Chief Wiggum voice. Yeah, the, the, uh, 
The Wiggum voice here is like that old TV cop. Um, I'm trying to think of Hank, who Hank is is trying to do here. It's uh, oh, we we talked about it. We mentioned it somewhere in there. Is this guy is who was but, it? I wish but, I wrote that down. Yeah, we're clearly terrible at old TV, but yeah, Fair enough. he's uh trying to bang off a. An old TV cop voice here and, and failing at it. Yeah. And then Skinner's voice shows up yeah, on, that's the, on the city council panel here yeah. right away. Yeah, that was the so, voice yeah, that like, up. voices aren't dialed. Wiggum's certainly, like, I don't even think the design's banged in yet. Yeah. Well, it's still, like, it's too fresh to have identity and, like, I don't know, um, then we get to... Oh, and here's our monkey-faced uh, Bart clone. Yeah. Oh, and there's your homeboy with the beard in the back. Um, We've got the episode on, just on in the background. We're staring vacantly at yeah. things as they... As they go by. Um, yeah, the weird monkey bark guy. See, that clip's going to come up. Oh, and here we go. The newspaper. Uh, oh, first, the first Simpsons newspaper montage. I, my favorite uh, one is still the fucking speed, speed bump. bumps. They put a sign right in front of the speed bump, and it's, like, perfect. Like, that is, like, that is, like, capital, like, absurdity, and that's what I love about The Simpsons is that right there, because it's just... You don't notice it at first. You can kind of very easily shake it off and move past it. But to like when you catch it, you're like, oh my god! Like that's that's hilarious. Like, yeah, who has the mind to come up with that kind of shit? And the or the the Homer Simpson like double pointing to the dip sign just oh. slays me. Like I laugh out loud every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The, yeah. the the Simpsons writers love that that unintentional double entendre, and it's just priceless. It's yeah, it's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. Oh man. Well, yeah. There's uh, yeah, all the um, signs. I just want to oh jam into we uh, it's the first reference to El Barto, which is uh, Bart's like graffiti tag. Right. Because that's why Wiggum's in the city meeting. Yeah. And uh, I th- I think having having listened to episode commentaries and like kind of read a, a little bit on the early Simpsons, I think there was. There were some big plans from Matt Groening and the writing team to really kind of develop, like, the El Barto alter ego and, yeah. like, the, really kind of, like, put Bart into kind of, like, more into, like, the criminal juvenile delinquent kind of world yeah. in the first couple of seasons. And it, I don't really remember that materializing a ton. Like, they're, they certainly make reference to it in some early seasons and Bart certainly gets into trouble but I don't they like they really are light on him being a vandal or a thief or like or really committing serious crimes yeah yeah for sure yeah El Barto it's so funny to come back and watch this because it's just like oh man there's all the early references to things and I never picked up when I first started watching the show because I didn't think to go back and watch from oh I didn't have Disney Plus at that point. Yeah, you didn't have the magic of Disney Plus. Um, this season, I think I'm a little bit more intimate with uh, because I got this season on DVD, like when DVDs were still cool. Yeah. So, like, I've had this on DVD probably since like end of junior high or high school. So, so that would have been what? I, I graduated in 2005. So I probably had it in. I want to say it came out for Christmas 2000 or 2001. Was like, I would have been in grade seven when you graduated. <laughs> you, you I think, young I think, bastard. I think grade seven, grade seven, or grade eight. But like, yeah, like that was still like, yeah, DVDs were sweet. Um, 
it was yeah like having the option to kind of like watch episodes like back to back to back to back without waiting for that TV marathon. Like I remember like digital cable happened and you could like record some stuff like that was also like that was the shit man like that was awesome. I remember I, having friends that had that. Actually, I remember one of the guys I grew up with and we were pretty good friends all through school. He really really liked The Simpsons. His family all watched it together and we like I remember I'd go hang out with him and it'd be like oh shit yeah we can watch The Simpsons here like no one's gonna give a shit about this like we got all the good snacks we can drink pop we can hang out until like two in the morning you gotta have friends with good snacks back oh, in the day dude, oh dude like God. there was no shortage of pizza pops in that house Lorenzo Damiani if you're listening to this which I doubt you ever will like shout out to your ma for having I don't even snacks. know you and I've like I love you because of your supply of pizza pops my friend it was great man like yeah fucking good snacks Simpsons, like, all the good shit. Um, and so, yeah, the episode kind of closes off with, uh, well, Homer's at the, this, 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 he's rallied a mob to come and protest the, the, the safety factor of the, the nuclear plant, and it doesn't take him very long to sell himself out for yeah. a well-paying job. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, hey, you can have this job and make money again. Dig it? It's like, yeah, Fuck it. I mean, he, I guess, like, they're trying to build up that crisis of conscience where he, he goes out to greet them on the balcony and he can't quite do it. Yeah. But. Well, just, you see the shift in him. He goes from, like, super torqued about everything and he's like, well, you know, it's actually not that bad. Like, I'll take it. Whatever. And, well, he also, he also says he's getting a big fat raise, which mm-hmm. I don't believe was discussed at all in his meeting with Mr. No, Burns. I think, yeah. Like, like he's. Just, in in his strategy of, of of talking Burns into letting him have the job without without shouting from the rooftop that mm. this plant is safe, he fails to like lock down a salary expectation. Yeah, it's like you could be making peanuts at this point, dude. Like you did not sign anything. Like <laughs> it's just a pipe dream at this point. It's like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna get this money that I didn't even mention at all. Oh shit. At what point do you think he realizes that he Oh man, that's hilarious! Oh Homer, just adds on to it that he's just that. One, I love Burns's office too. It's like decked out. It looks like like a bank manager's office. There's like wallpaper and wood paneling and tile. Like, so I, I don't know, I don't know if in my professional life if I've been in an office that's like decorated like. <laughs> just noticing more mole people. Um, yeah, no, it's. It's excessive, but it's... So this was, what, 1990? Like, I can't speak for that. January 21st, 1990. I couldn't really speak for what offices looked like back then because I didn't see them back then, but I can only imagine that it would... Like, like that pompous, fucking bougie, like, green velvet everything with brass accents, like... Well, even... Like, I've been in in bank offices, like, at main branches downtown Mm -hmm. in, in Edmonton and Calgary, and, like... I, not that I'm dealing with like the, the the bank manager of some of these main branches, but a lot of the office space is, is kind of like your typical just cubicle layout with the the foam padded walls and 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 shit pinned into them and yeah a calendar and a couple pictures of your idiot kids and exactly <laughs> fucking kids. I was one of those idiot kids in the office. Yeah, was I was like, I'm sure I was the idiot kid on my mom's desk in, in her government office. And it was probably pictures of me. I don't know. I was a really nerdy child. So probably pictures of me like playing chess or like 
watching Jeopardy? I don't know. Well, that seems like as fitting as any a place to, to close. We normally wrap up. Um, Calder, why don't you spam your socials if anyone wants to find you on the internet? Where do they do that? Um, so you can come check me out on Instagram at, I think it's Calder.Sutton. Just check that right that now quickly. I'm going to quickly take a peep there. Um, I'll fill, ramble, ramble, I'll fill ramble, this ramble. time for yeah. Matt with some at, a musical interlude. At Calder.Sutton <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, I am on Twitter at, I believe it's C. Sutton. Um, you can find me on Untapped at Son of Barley Bob. Um, I hope that's the only places you're going to find me on social media, unless. Are there any YouTubes of you dancing wildly? No, uh, there used to be. Actually, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not, <laughs> not going to get into that. You're not, not going to plug that social. No. Right. <laughs> no. Well, if you want to get in touch with us here at the show, <laughs> you can email us at 30yearsofdotegmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, our handle is three zero years of D O H. Sweet. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us again on this on this fun podcast adventure. And because we still haven't nailed down a sign off for this show, Woozle Wazzle. This is Henry K Duff's private reserve. Today we are drinking a. A fine beer from the Growlery Beer Company here in Edmonton, Alberta. Calder, tell us a little bit about what's in front of us. So this is our brand new, I mean brand new as in it's less than two weeks old. Uh, it's our West Coast IPA. We named the Vega. Um, uh, big, big hop profile. Uh, Citra Mosaic. It's a heavy duty dry hop. Nice and clear. Tiny bit of chill haze. Nice malt background. It's that OG West Coast IPA that reaches out to the approachability of Alberta craft beer. I think Matt Cockle, our brewer, absolutely nailed it. Um, and it's, I mean, since it's been in the Bright Tanks, we've been drinking it because it's just so damn tasty. I'm going to give it the uh, the 90s tag. This is, this is fucking fresh, my friend. This is fresh. It's F-daff, man. Fucking delicious as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been Henry K. Duff's Private Reserve. Show me the money before I open the bottle. And that's a wrap. Thanks, thanks, Matt, for editing this. Sorry, Matt, for all the background noise. Sorry, Matt, for sounding like an idiot most of the time. Sorry, Matt, for not talking directly into the microphone all the time. Hey, Matt, sorry for swearing <laughs> so much. I don't know why. I just feel the need to be a heathen on podcasts, but it's fun. This ends our segment of Apologies to Matt. Just farted. That was great.